Beautiful. Thank you, guys and girls. Good morning. Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living. Here we are. Week two of 2018, I do believe. And so, anybody here for the first time? There's one person one like that back there. Welcome. Thanks for checking us out. We won't take attendance. Uh, uh, maybe we should, huh? All right. So what I'm going to invite you to do is, as we build this energy, it's a container. This is, it's, it's always an incubator wherever we go. You notice that? If, you go to a, if anybody's ever been to an Euler game, there's an energy there that gets created by the sum total of people. Wherever we go, we bring our consciousness with us and we add to the mosaic because we, there is only one. And so thank you for being here today and being that one. You are the one that we've been waiting for. You are the second coming. And so we're going to talk a bit about that today. What I'm going to invite you to do right now is we're going to drop into 30 seconds of silence. I'll time that so you don't need to peek and look at your watch. Trust me, I won't go past 30 seconds. Maybe 32 seconds. Okay, 35 maybe. All right, but no more than that. And then I'll offer a chant in this very room and then an affirmative prayer. So let's, let's enter into our silence together. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So let us know together and allow my words to be your words if they're a good fit. But what I'm aware of, not just intellectually, but to drop down into my own sense of being, because that is where the quantum field is accessed, not through the mind, not through the intellect. The intellect can't get us there. So I would suggest you quiet it in this moment. Notice your breathing. Sense your space in this room to take our awareness from covergent, from small to divergent, to expansive, to spaciousness. And so it is in the consciousness of spaciousness, opportunity, in that beautiful void of divine intelligence where we experience the presence of spirit. And so I affirm and know for myself and invite you to know this with me as I speak in the I am because there is only one here. 
that there's a guidance and an intelligence and a wisdom and a clarity. There's a vibration of the Most High that is moving in and through and as my being in this moment. As Dr. Holmes so beautifully taught that when we consciously recognize it and open ourselves to that experience, it celebrates the access it has by means of us. And so something transformational is unfolding here and now, something that we are called to be that we've never been before. What got us here won't get us there. And so let's bless it and use it as a foundational piece, but to know that there's something beautiful and powerful and dynamic that is longing to be expressed here and now. For this I give thanks, knowing that each and every one of us has everything required for this day to be an absolute blessing. To, to touch us, move us, open us, welcome in the greater yet to be in our own unique and beautiful way, in our own u- unique and beautiful individuality of this divine presence. For this I give thanks. I release these words for all the great gifts, for all the, the resources that allow us to gather in this capacity in this way this day, to celebrate the consciousness of Dr. Ernest Holmes and all the great teachers whose wisdom, clarity, courage have blessed us and touched us. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. So people are doing really well. We'll put the name badges on so we know one another. So I want to just go over name badge protocol with you. So thank you for doing that because it's lovely when we meet one another and there's so many people here and and we see the place filling up. The first service was was, uh, really hopping again today. So just name badge protocol. If you put it on on the outside of your coat like I have, perfect. Some of you like to put it on and then you, you wear it under here like that. doesn't work, okay? So you want to have it out where we can read it. Some of you ladies with long, beautiful hair cover it, and then it's like this, trying to figure out who you are, and so we just want to know who you are and your name, name protocol. Uh, we're going to do our burning bowl ceremony this, year, this, uh, this Sunday, and we've done that for a number of years. Now, what we used to do is we used to have everyone come up, and there was a candle, and people would light their own piece of uh, flash paper. So I'm going to show you what flash paper does. Flash paper goes off pretty quick, Okay. It's gone in a heartbeat. But, and so in the, what we've done in the past, and people would come up, and so one of the things that would happen is they would come up, they'd light the paper, and they'd go like this. Or they would go like that, and they'd throw it up, and it would land in their hair, and their hair would start on fire. So we're not doing that anymore. We're going to invite you to think about, and so I want to plant the seed with you right now. Think about what it is that you're willing to let go of, to release. And we're going to ask you to come up and drop it in the, in the, um, the bowl here. Now, what I invite you to do, rather than try and reach over the side, because I watch people do that, just come up, take your time. This is a pilgrimage. So in other words, you don't need to go like that, because that's just you'll just drop it and we'll be picking it up. You just come on up, drop it in the mindfully, drop it in the bowl. and it, It's a ritual. It's a ritual. It's not taking the trash out. It is taking the trash out. <laughs> but it's a sacred ritual. And it has the impact and the meaning that we give it, like anything else. And so it's exciting. It's one of the beautiful rituals that we have throughout the year here in in the the Center for Spiritual Living, and it has become something that people look forward to. So thank you for being here. If you don't have a piece of flash paper, make sure that you uh, find someone that does. There's more paper in the back. I've got a few extra pieces up here as well. You only need one. You only need one of these. It's not about quantity. I remember going to a labyrinth workshop one time, and, and, and we were all studying the labyrinth. So I was getting my facilitation in labyrinth training. And uh, because we have a labyrinth on our floor. And it's a, it's a prayer. Walking a labyrinth is a prayer. And so one of the people there said, I walked it seven times this morning. And the facilitator said, 
This is not about quantity. It's about quality. Preparing yourself for one walk. Preparing yourself for one piece of paper. It's, it's a metaphor in our lives. It's not about I've got to have, you know, if you, need, if you need a whole book of this stuff, you need something other than walking up here and putting a piece of paper in a bowl. I don't know what that is, but something within you does know, so go there. So anyway, I want to set that up with you. So last week, we kind of, we got going here with, uh, I want to talk to this Sunday, or this, yeah, this, this is Sunday. There we go. We've been using this book, Five. Where, where will you be in five years from today? And we talked about values last week. What are your values? Values are so important because we get to choose our values. Nobody can choose them for us. So t- today, we're going to talk about choose your mission, transforming life through the power of vision, goals and dreams. And so I think we've got a picture of the book. The next slide. If you, whoop, you can go back one, please. Thank you, Crystal. Went too quick. But if you don't have a dream, how can your dream come true? Right? If we don't give this infinite divine intelligence something to work with, something new and interesting and more purposeful, it doesn't, it can't respond to anything new. It's same old, same old. Oh, drag ourselves through another year. The same old, same old. You have the opportunity in this moment, in this moment, to shift and change things. And so what one thing are you willing to put down that will represent this flash paper today? Because we're going to light it all together. It's quite spectacular. And someone loaned me a book of matches so I don't have to stand over it again and almost get incinerated. So it'll be good. So the book that we're using this month is Five by Dan Zadra. And it's, uh, it's a book, Where Will You Be in fi- Five Years From Today? Oh, thank you. We also have, if you'd like to take notes... We have notebooks up here. We brought in notebooks. We had them. We sold like, I don't know, what did we sell last week? 90? So if you brought your notebook back, awesome. Del, did you bring a notebook? Okay, here. I'm going to buy you one. I got a toonie on me. They're, too, they're, they're a toonie. There you go. You can take some notes. There you go. You're very welcome. Del just looked like she really needed a notebook. Anyway, if you'd like a notebook, you feel free to come on up. We're, we're asking a toonie. If you don't have a toonie today, you can bring it next week. Bring it in 2019, but write some things down. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Writing things down. So what we're going to look at today is choose your mission, because we talked about preparing for our mission, finding what our values are. Choose your mission. Balance is beautiful. And be specific and think big. Awesome. Melissa, awesome. Thanks for coming up. So this slide is really important. I shared with it last week. I think this is so, so important. Why do we write stuff down? Why do we bring notebooks in? I'll tell you why. Because a goal is a dream set to paper. We're going to flash it up here. We've got a slide that says this very same thing I'm going to read to you. A goal is a dream set to paper. Don't just think it, ink it. According to Dan Cole, Professor Emeritus at Virginia Tech, people who regularly write down their goals earn nine times more over their lifetimes as the people who don't. Nine times more because they write it down. 80% of people in the United States and Canada say they don't have goals. Isn't that interesting? Because if you have a goal and you don't get there, what does that say about us? And then I have a a cause for failure. Getting a bit different color, good for you. Get the color that you want. You get to choose. This is important. 16% say they don't have goals, but have goals, but they don't write them down. And less than 4% write down their goals, and fewer than 1% actually review them on an ongoing basis. Guess which 1% review their goals? because it becomes a part of their life, part of the way. So where you are now is just where you are now, but you're not stuck. You think you're stuck. We've been introducing this Q process to this community. 
And one of the things that happens in the cue process is you identify the things you don't want to be. So if you've already done it, I brought my cue card with me today. I have my cue card in my pocket with me all the time. Because my cue card gives me, a, gives me a roadmap of what I'm here for. Who did you come here to be is really what your values are to tie it in. So when you go through the cue process, which the cue means quantum, and it's a 21-day process of looking at your triggers in your life and re-scripting them. So your mission, your mission, as I said last week, Walt Disney, my mission is to make people happy. Eric Schmidt, CEO of Google, my mission is to collect all the world's information and make it accessible to everyone. Anita Freeman, artist, I believe creativity is the essence of being human. I believe I make myself and I won't buy my soul off the rack for the uniqueness, the beauty. You get to decide. In other words, a mission statement in the next slide. A mission statement. There is no specific format for writing your personal mission statement. Only you can write it. I can't write it for you. No one can write it for you. You write it. But try to keep it clear, brief, and exciting. Just ask yourself, what is my calling, my life aim? What inspires me the most? What activity or service is my core value urging me to pursue? The reason I share this with you is because that's exactly what's happening within this community. What is our mission? What is our reason for being here? Why? Why? We are here to transform lives. We are here to transform lives. So when each time we, we dive into an activity... How can we support the individuals that walk in this door for one time or for a lifetime? We don't control that. And help them transform their lives. Help them live a bigger vision of possibility. Help them understand that whatever it is that they've experienced in the past does not mean that that is the theme for the rest of their lives. So here's my cue card. When you do the cue process, you go through this process of examination. And I look at it every day. I have it in my pocket right now, as I said. So first of all, this is who I am not a sense of. You start there, who you're not. So, I am not alone. I am not flawed. I am not self-centered. I am not fearful. I don't live lack. I'm not here to be a disappointment. I'm not broken. But those are themes that run through my head. And I can give you, I can give you example after example after example that would justify that. But see, that has no, that has no relevance right now. So unless we have, and so I had a beautiful conversation with Dr. Gary Simmons, who's coming back with his wife Jane in February to do another Q process with us. And if we're going to make a difference in this world, as a community, as individuals, we have to be able to live in a certain level of discomfort. And so as a community, I said, what's the, the trigger with this Q process for our communities? Because we're moving into mission-centric ministry. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's spirit groups. I mean, it's, it's fun, you guys. I mean, it's, there's an aliveness to it. There's a vibrancy to it that, that is just incredible. But we're not ready to step into it yet because we haven't had enough people go through the Q process. So you wonder why I talk about the Q all the time. Because we have to develop the capacity to be uncomfortable so that we can hold fast to what's happening and wants to happen. And then, as my teacher used to say to me years ago, 30 years ago, Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That was her mantra to me because I kept coming in and saying, I'm still struggling, I'm still suffering. And she said, that's part of life. What, do you think you're going to become a religious scientist and take a class and then you're never going to be challenged and you're never going to be in discomfort? And I'll tell you why this is important. One of my heroes, so last week I talked about heroes, values. Who, who inspires you? And Carl Jung is one of my heroes and he was courageous. He was fearless. And so what Jung did, I want to share this with you. I've shared it before, but it's so worth hearing again. Carl Jung was addressing a group of clergy in Switzerland. 
And what he said is, what Jung would do is he would not condemn the things in others and would therefore not be led into those thoughts, feelings, and acts of violence towards others, which are always characteristic of the people who project the devil in themselves upon the outside, upon somebody else, upon the scapegoat. Projection, projection, projection. And so what happens when we integrate, when we own our shadow, our capacity, our need to project dissipates. It dissipates. Every one of us has darkness. Every one of us. Now we choose whether to live from it or not. But until we integrate that, until we go through some process, in this case it's the Q. If you're not interested in the Q process and you're not interested in integration, we cannot hold your head underwater and force you. We just offer it. This is an offering because this is where we're going. And I've watched it and I've watched it and I've watched it. It's one of the failings with a new thought. And Gary and I have talked extensively about that, Dr. Gary and I. But we have to develop the capacity to be uncomfortable so that we can make the transformation, so that we can be transformed. See, that requires resilience. I'm always amazed at people, the, the, the feedback I get from people on a Sunday when I, when I point to someone in my talk and they come up and point to me the flaws in that individual, which is really just saying these are the flaws in me. But oh, I see the flaw in that person. I used Barack Obama a month or so ago and someone came up to me and told me all the bad things that Barack Obama represented and does. I was like, yeah, yeah. And what about all the good stuff he's done? All of us have made mistakes. All of us have been small and dark and selfish and, and, and petty and, and gossiped and lied and pointed fingers. You know where the scapegoat comes from in the Jewish tradition. Once a year, they bring a, a goat in. And so to, to, to resolve all the sins, I mean, this goes back thousands of years. They bring a big knife out, a sharp one. And then they'd invite all the people in the congregation to come up and stab the goat. And they'd all take a turn stabbing the goat, and then they'd take the goat and left them out into the desert. And all their sins were forgiven. That was a ritual. We're not going to be bringing a goat in here. We just got a bowl. So Young would not do that. He never slipped into the judgment. And I'll tell you why. Because as practitioners, so why do practitioners study so long? We say we invite people up. In fact, today, what I'm going to do, this came to me in the announcements, I will greet back there for 15 minutes, and then after that, I'm going to come up here and I'm going to do prayer work with anybody that wants prayer work. Okay? Because it's important. That's why we're here. So I love you. If you want to shake my hand and all that stuff and check in with me, I'll be back there. We want to do that too. But we're here to transform lives, to, to capture a dream, something spectacular. So stop using these people as, as examples of mission and, and then finding the flaw in them and saying, oh, you know, but yeah, well, so-and-so was this. What does that, how does that assist you? All it means is that's part of you too and good for you and incorporate that and enroll that. So what Carl Jung said is certain patients' confessions are even hard for a doctor to swallow. People will share stuff with his practitioners that are really hard to swallow. Yet the patient does not feel himself accepted until the very worst in him is accepted too. And interesting. No one can bring this about by mere words. It only comes through reflection and through the doctor's attitude towards himself and his own dark side. In other words, when you're sitting there and somebody's telling you a story and you're getting triggered, you can't help them. And you need to say, I can't work with you anymore because there's, there's no traction here for you. There's not, I, I don't have the capacity to help you. 
He said, if the doctor wants to guide another or even accompany him a step of the way, he must feel that person's psyche. He never feels it when he passes judgment. Whether he puts his judgment into words or keeps them to himself makes not the slightest difference because we communicate who we are. Who you are speaks so loudly, doesn't matter what you say. To take the opposite position, this is interesting too, so let's gloss over it. Oh, it's perfect. You got this, you got this. People want me to tell them that. And then I'm lying. I'm doing this when they ask me to do that. When they're not, they don't got it. So that doesn't work either. To take the opposite position and to agree with the patient offhand is also of no use, but estranges them as much as condemnation. It's judgment. I got to go back, do my own work. When I get triggered, you know what I do? I go home and I do my own forgiveness work. I have to. Otherwise, it runs me and runs me and runs me. And then I'm no good to anybody, especially the people I live with. She's just nodding her head. This is my beautiful wife, Laura, by the way. And thank you so much, Crystal, for running the slides because Laura's typically up there doing this. People, for years, people thought, this guy, who's, is this guy married or what? No, we keep his wife up in the attic so she can. <laughs> so I appreciate that. One of my intentions, I've said, is eventually we have enough people to volunteer so that actually my wife can be down here with me. Thank you. So just today, this service is one of those things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But that came with an intention and a longing and a desire, and there was no judgment in it. There was no pointing fingers. It was just like, we're going to grow into this. She, Young said, this sounds almost like a scientific precept, and it could be confused with a purely intellectual abstract attitude of mind. But what I mean is something quite different. So in other words, if we don't integrate our shadow, if we don't show up with values and decide, this is my roadmap. So my, let me just tell you about this mission thing. So who have you come here to be? I have come here to be an agent of transformation. The only way I can do that is do my own transformation. When I was a kid, my, my story, my theme was betrayal. Betrayal by older white men, okay? Betrayal by my father, by my grandfather. And through this process, through this journey on this path, I've had a healing with that. And I've rewritten and rescripted it because I don't want to live from that anymore. I want to live from, I want to be grounded, I want to be generous, I want to be, be courageous, I want to have wholeness, I want love, compassion, generous. So when I'm on my cue card, my life's different. And I need that, I need to be reminded. Otherwise I get lost. Otherwise I want to find a goat. And I want this for you. I want this for you. And, and, and we need to, to, you know, we're doing this planting the seeds uh, uh, offering again today. We have this beautiful leadership team, and it's a team. It's a team of people, and we get together. We've, Steve Stanley and I have dissected and taken apart a strategic plan that was put together years ago. And the problem with it, and it's just reality, and it's true for most organizations, it just sat there because no one, and, and of course, look to me, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I'm not the handyman around here. There's stuff happening around here. If you waited for me, it wouldn't happen. There are people mobilized here, and it's a reflection of consciousness. People want this place to work and to thrive and to be a place where you can go and have your life transformed. But I've sat for year after year with groups of people and we come up with a great idea and then nothing gets actionized. And so it's worthless. It's just worthless, in my opinion. Those days are over, I'm telling you. They are. 
It's exciting. It's exciting to be part of a, a community that's on fire. And it's exciting to be a part of a vision of possibility and opportunity. And to give birth to these programs that are showing up. We weren't ready five years ago for Dr. Gary Simmons. This spirit group thing is amazing. Amazing. This cute process, amazing. Amazing. But you gotta dive in, you gotta do it. Otherwise, just one more thing, one more piece of paper to throw away when you get home and keep going back into your wounds, sharing them. This is who I am. I'm broken. I'm hopeless. I'm worthless. I'm not healthy. Just keep sharing that story because there's no traction here. I can't pick that up. I can't pick that up for you. Nobody can, nor should anybody. And as soon as you get me to agree with that, I'm done. I got to go do something else. I refuse to agree with that. So mission statement, it's up to you. You write it. I've got the next slide here. Your imagination is a preview to life's coming attractions. Your imagination. What can you imagine for yourself? What's the next slide, Crystal? Life. There's 12 aspects of life there. The wheel of life, it's called. There's 12 of them. On the next slide, I've broken them down if you want to take a picture of it. These are the aspects of life that they say. That, so if you're focusing on two areas of your life, your, your scope is too small. I don't believe you can have a balanced life. I really don't. But... I think to work that way. Because what they have found is on, the, on the, um, the Forbes 500 here, I've got it in this uh, information here. On a scale of one to seven where it means not at all satisfied with my life and seven means completely satisfied. The people of Forbes magazine's list of 400 richest Americans, let's go with them, they average 5.8 in every category. 5.8. So nobody's at a 7. They average 5.8. The same of the, and this is the same as the Inuit people of the far north. The same of the people in Greenland and the cattle herding Maasai of Kenya who live in dung huts with no electricity or running water. They also track at 5.8. So isn't that interesting? That the, the satisfaction of fulfillment is not based on economic well-being or environment. It's, it's a mindset. That's quite beautiful and powerful. And to look at it, and so, so when, when, see the beautiful thing about when we have the traction and we have the ability to stand in the discomfort and when people start scapegoating us and pointing their fingers, we can just stand there and say, tell me more. Tell me more. Because it's not ours, it's theirs. It's theirs. You know, when I, growing up as a kid, my father, my, all my father was good for was beatings. He didn't use his words because he didn't have words. My grandfather, when I was 10, he was the love of my life and my brothers and sisters' life. He was our love. 10 years old, his body gave out. He's gone. Both forms of betrayal. My sister, my oldest sister said to me just a couple weeks ago, she said, man, we were lost without him. I said, yeah. Because there was nobody in that environment that could love like he could love. And so I, this has been a memory. There's, a, there's an incident I had with my father. The first time he really beat me physically. I was a little kid and I did something I shouldn't have done. And rather than talk to me, he just picked me up by the back of the collar and slapped me and punched me until I just, you know, I, the, the, you know stuff you can't do now, thank God. But, you know, 
And so that has always come up for me. Whenever I go to a workshop, I always go back to that incident. It's like, oh, can we have another thing to heal? I mean, I've done this a million times. <laughs> and what I found with the cue card and the cue process was that I was able to go on my card and say, you know, as an eternal spirit and a soul, and I know that's what I am, despite being little, but I know that's what I am and I know that's what you are. And so I re-scripted and I said, you know, in this environment, what if I'd been on my cue card? Because that's one of the questions. What quality on your cue card had you been in would have made this different? And I said, courage. And so what I did is I took on the persona of saying, I'm an eternal being. And I stood in courage as this man who was so lost and so scared. Because he was. He was just scared. He was terrified of life. He went over to the Second World War and fought and saw horrific things. Those guys never came back and had any processing. He shook every time I was around him. And I know he shook because he was scared. And so what I did is I took on the persona of courage and compassion for him and realized he did the only thing he knew how to do because that's how he was nurtured. That's what he got as a kid. And I knew this eternal spirit and soul that I am could break that cycle. And my grandfather, he split. That was just as bad and horrific. And so what I've realized is one of the themes in my life is I pull in these older white dudes and they keep triggering my betrayal. And I'm done with that. I'm done with that. And now to stand in the capacity and look at it and go, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Because people will disappoint you. It's just life. But don't make it your life theme because then you have to protect. And the great gift in it is I broke the pattern with my dad so that I could parent differently. And gives them, it doesn't mean that their lives are without uh, uh, hurt and harm. It just simply means that they have new learning rather than to have to repeat my unresolved stuff. And uh, the other beautiful piece about it, I had this coffee cup up here. I got it for Christmas. It's got, it says, we love you, Grandpa. And it's got pictures of two of my granddaughters on it. So when, I, when I'm up here with you, and if you trigger me for some reason, I just look over here. And I go, wow, there's love. Now, my, my granddaughters... Especially Audrey, because Audrey's the oldest granddaughter. Um, she had, she's crazy about me. And, and the thing about it is, and, and Laura said to me, you know, she's obsessed with you. And I know when I'm with her, what I do is I invite the spirit of my grandfather that loves so unconditionally into me. He's here. And she gets it. She gets it. And it's not about words. It's not about... I'm not slipping her candy. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing things with her. Well, maybe I slip her a piece of candy once in a while, but, <laughs> but, but she just gets it. She knows it. See, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, who you are speaks so loudly I can't hear a word you're saying. And so he was such an inspiration. I experienced such unconditional love with him. I've been looking for that the rest of my life. I kept looking and looking and looking, and it was always disappointing. And then I realized, you know what? Stop looking. Just be it. Just be it. That's the tr that's, that's, that's it. Be it. Where, how can I be it here now? How can you be that? Who inspired you in your life, whether they were part of your biological family or not? I love Carl Jung and his tenacity, his brilliance and his wisdom, so that when we see projection going on, now people like Steve said in the, the testimonial, Steve Sandy said in the testimonial, when Reverend Patrick comes up to him and he's triggered, I tell him, go do a sheet. It's the most loving thing he can say. Otherwise, we're out in the parking lot having a snowball fight or something. Go do a sheet. There's something here for you, something to know, something for you to bring consciousness to. 
It's a beautiful thing. So this balancing act of spiritual, family, career, health, financial, education, relationship, you know, it's, it, it's daunting to try and tackle this all at once. But think about it. Give some thought to it. Think of your life as a wheel with many different spokes. And to have a balanced life, each spoke needs some attention. So in your five-year goal, include that. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? If you don't give this infinite divine intelligence a bit of information and a bit of guidance, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. We're not in this alone. We are not in this alone. I, I shared this with you last week, but I know it's such a great slide, and someone asked me, where did you get that? I'm going to put it up. This is Dr. Zeus. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you're the only one who will decide where you go. It's true. It's up to you. No one can keep you from it. You keep yourself from it. We fleshed that out this morning beautifully. First service, we were doing back to the basics. Dr. Holmes talks about it. It requires receptivity. What greater good? So when you come up and put your flash paper in this bowl today, you don't need to know exactly what you're giving up. Just create enough space for something new and something beautiful and powerful. The next, the next doorway to walk through, the next practice to incorporate into your life. If we don't do it, nobody does it. And you know what? Most people don't care. They're busy in their own, with their own stuff going on. But it's important that you care. I want, I want this thing, this cue process. When I talked to Gary, I said, how'd you come upon this? He said, I've watched this over and over and over again. Our teaching is missing this. And without this, without this uh, integration, we just spin in these cycles and point fingers and blame and shame. We got that mastered. We got a PhD in it now. Good work. Now let's be about the business of healing and revealing because there's really nothing to heal. So the last point, be specific, think big. The tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching your goals. The tragedy lies in not having any goals to reach. See, we think it's done. What about these Oilers this year, huh? What about them? They're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, right? Yeah. You know what? It's hard to win a Stanley Cup. It's hard to do the Q process and do your own healing. So what some would say is we've got to fire the coach. Let's blow up the team. I bet you we can get a, a number of draft choices for Connor McDavid, huh? There's, there's a dry cycle. I bet you get some uh, draft choices for him. Let's blow the whole thing up. So they're not winning the Stanley Cup this year. But you see, they have the goal of winning the Stanley Cup. And setting that intention, eventually they will put together the combination that will help achieve that. I know it's a sports analogy, but it's so, it's so apparent, it's such a part of this culture. So it's a journey. It's a journey of learning. It is hard to win a Stanley Cup. I've never done it. I'll never do it. Surprise, surprise. Not in this lifetime, not in this old body. But the point is, is that it's important to have that direction you want to go in. Are we going to bring world peace by, by the work we're doing here? Okay, but what if there are people that still want to fight? We don't get to, we, we stand in the wisdom and the clarity to, to say, that's not for me. I don't identify with that. There is something more for you to know. You are pointing and projecting all of your unresolved crap on somebody else and it's bringing you to war. I love Donald Trump. He is the prime, he is the poster child for unintegrated shadow. 
He has no filters. We don't have to worry about what he thinks because he says it all the time. And I get, and so I, I, I see what he says, I see what he does, and I just get, and he, he forces me to do spiritual practice. I mean, there are more people praying on the planet now than ever before as a result of that guy. It isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity not to dream. It's a calamity not to dream. And see, when you bring this into your family, see, I want, I want my granddaughters to get this. I could have done a better job with my kids because I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I want my granddaughters to get this. I always say to Audrey, you know what I love about you? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Because I think a two-year-old should hear that before she goes to school and finds out because she's not wearing the right clothes or she's whatever she doesn't have and someone is identifying her with that. I want her to know that when she comes home, she's loved. And I want her to be an ambassador of love throughout her life. And so what I can do is I can be it for her as my grandfather was for me. That's how life is. That's, that's our opportunity. Are who you're being right now an inspiration for those that you treasure in your life? And if they're not, then make new choices. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I got Steve Sandy over here. I keep going, pulling stuff up, and Steve looks at me and says, stop it. I said, thank you, Steve. He's over here laughing. It's true, because we have history. So we need to be able to tell ourselves, stop it. Would you want to hang out with you? Huh? Would you want to go on a long trip with you? Who's ever laughing over there? I'm sure doesn't. <laughs> we love you. You are loved. It's okay. It's good we laugh at this. We need to bring joy to this. We need to make this fun. Holy cow, look at me get triggered. I told you about the trigger last week with the yellow paper. We didn't have any white paper. I had to put my notes on yellow paper. Well, the problem I had was I do all my highlights, the important things in yellow. So I'm looking at yellow paper with yellow highlights. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I got to do a sheet on that when I got home. <laughs> it's not a disaster to be unable to capture your ideals. Have ideals. But it's a disaster to have no ideals to capture. Isn't that true? You got an ideal, man. We're supporting you. God bless you for having that and holding that and working because that shapes us. It shapes us. Our souls are here for evolution and transformation. It's the easiest thing in the world to criticize. Oh, those, those Oilers, we should blow them up. That coach, he doesn't know what he's doing. That general manager, he doesn't know what he's doing. It takes time. It takes time to transform a culture. How many years did they go through without making the playoffs? I'm sure you know. Seven? Ten. Ten. Do you think those guys didn't want to be in the playoffs? Didn't want to win a championship? Yes, they. it takes time to transform a culture. That's why we're looking at five years. Where do you want to be in five years? It's not a disgrace to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach. That's ours to do. The last piece I want to share with you today is think big before we light up our, we light up our bowl here. Think big. Most people don't aim too high and miss. They aim too low and they hit. Aim big. Aim big. Steve's in here re rewriting this. Steve Sandy rewriting this, the uh, strategic plan for this community. <laughs> 
want to laugh at times. You know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. But you know what? If we don't set the intention, that intention is going to carry us somewhere. And who knows? Maybe that's not big enough. Right now it seems huge, but it's going to carry us somewhere. So why we, you know, Steve said, I think you need to do two different talks on Sunday. We get, need to get this community mobilized and transformation happening. I looked at him and said, are you out of your mind? Do you know how much energy goes into doing one talk? That's everything I got. And then I realized, well, who came up with that crazy idea? And it is such a blessing to immerse yourself in more and more of the teaching and filter it. And it's shaping. Because what are you willing to learn this year? What are you willing to be uncomfortable learning this year? It's about learning. It's about doing in new ways. It's about spirit groups that you don't know about them. Come and check it out. It's transformational. We become a community that is mobilized in service to the greater community. And there's a fulfillment and there's a vibrancy. There's some things happening right now that you don't even know are on the horizon that are just beautiful and exciting. But if we hadn't stepped into this and come to some agreement as a leadership team, it wouldn't happen. When we're rowing together, life's quite beautiful. Life's quite beautiful and exciting. So as you come forward, I'm gonna gonna ask you before you make the move. All right. We only had three or four people that got some some burns this morning with the first service, so just kidding. But, But it's quite spectacular. Oh, we're getting Joseph one here. So what are you willing to offer up to the, tra- to the source of all life to be transformed. Maybe you don't know, but something within you does know. I'm willing to create space in my life. I'm willing to stop hating someone, blaming someone, blaming myself. Start there. I'm willing to forgive myself for my shortcomings, things I should have done, could have done, would have done, didn't do. Whatever it may be, what doubt, what pattern, pattern of thinking are you willing to give up? What limited idea What self-denial are you willing to release into the fire today to make room for the newness and the aliveness that is yours to give birth to? So I know you're guided in this. And even if you don't know, when you get up and you walk, it's a pilgrimage. We're not going to the Holy Land. We're just going to the crystal bowl. But our bodies become part of the prayer. And there's an intelligence within the body that is quite beautiful and freeing. So with each step, and be mindful as you place your, your paper in the, this basket, in this bowl. And the, the power of the swarm, as Eric Butterworth called it, is transformative. So allow yourself to be lifted up in the grace of that. That your values are important. Who did you come here to be? Wounded? Sick? Broke? Doesn't help anybody. What are you sharing with the world? Share your brilliance, share your light. So bless you as you come forward with your paper. Enjoying gratitude. I I release this and I know the infinite intelligence within me knows far better than I what's my next opportunity for grace and beauty and love. And Bill's gonna play some lovely little music while we, could be lovely big music. better every time we do it and I know there were several people that stayed for the uh, second service so thank you thank you ladies for being here 
It's just a beautiful energy. I, I'm just, it's such an honor to stand in this with you, I gotta tell you. I just, I, all day, all morning, I keep getting the God bumps, just these waves of energy going up through me. And, and for me, it's, you know, uh, I, when I was with the prayer circle this morning, we get together at nine and we pray, and I don't know if Johnny's still here or not, but he and I just sat together and prayed, and, and, uh, and it just opens. The, the affirmative prayer, recognizing the oneness of life. And Good morning. Perfect. So, the intention you set, the ready to release, it's already happened. And we support one another. We're two or more in agreement. So, I just want the best for you. I want the best for the world. And I know you do too. Good, good people. And so, as we light this, let's just, let me do an offering and then we'll get into our, our uh, passing our, our, our offering basket today. But, what I know for each person here and, and throughout these years that we've done this, let us know that there is an opening available to us, not just in this moment, but to go within and to open our hearts and to invite the presence, to put down any resistance and to be receptive to divine guidance, to love our intellect, but understand our intellect can only take us so far. It is like trying to smell through our eyeballs. It can't happen. And so what I know in this moment, each and every one of us knows that we are on a journey, of an eternal journey, and yet we have not one second to waste. So let us allow the, the graciousness, the beauty, the healing, spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever is awaiting our recognition, wherever we have lived and embraced lack, judgment, scapegoating, whatever it may be, to bring a new awareness and grace to it, to be transformed in this moment, to integrate the darkness and the light and understand that all of it is from source, from God, from light. For this I give thanks for the maturity, the spiritual maturity, the spiritual bandwidth for us to stand together in love, to shoulder to shoulder, and to know that we are supported, resourced, and that we have the capacity to be uncomfortable in our transformation. Something beautiful is happening here and now, in and through and as each and every one of us, and it continues to happen. For this I give thanks as I light this match. I'm gonna invite you to open your eyes. It's, it's, oh, you're filming, good. I was gonna say, if we can film this, it's quite spectacular. And so it is. Beautiful.